This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. With you, as always, I'm your host, Jimmy Skinner. Mr. G over there. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Just uh, hanging in there. Oh, yeah. Making another day. Working for the man. Another day, another dollar. Uh, You're making more than a dollar. You make make into big bucks. But he spends so much of it on fishing, so he... (laughs) It evens itself out. Three dollars comes home with him. (laughs) Yeah. What's been up, dude? Did you get out last weekend? I did. I did, yeah. I went mess around on one of these little ponds out here for a minute and caught a couple good ones. Uh, overall, it was kind of just a bunch of smaller fish, but caught one Word. that was like a 19-incher that was probably close to four or five pounds. It was thick. Swollen. Uh, but other than that, took uh, took the wife to that Taylor Swift concert that was in the rain. Oh, uh, you did that? I didn't know you were a Swift. Go to it. You I, just like just you just kicked her out of the car. I don't believe you. I took her with her. Her and her friends went to it and uh, sat in the rain for eight hours or whatever it was. That sucks. Yeah, uh, me and me and the husbands all played video games and stuff. We <laughs> on the... <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, man. we're inside, dry, and not. 
miserable. We're having a good time. I, ain't nothing Taylor Swift done that y'all couldn't have heard on the radio, ladies. It, I, whatever. Oh, <laughs> Garrett's a Swifty. I never knew. <clears throat> well, uh, I didn't get out. I went to the shop at Music City Outdoors in Nashville, Tennessee. Shameless plug. And had to give him back the Torquedo after I've had it for a while. It's okay. I cried a little. How'd that, how'd that breakup go? Did you... Honestly, like, it's not that big a deal because, like, I was telling everybody, like, it's a cool setup. I really like Torquedo. It's super smooth. The torque's nice. But on the PA-14, full speed, you can tell it, like, the boat, it's at the top of its, like, limit. So it's not an efficient speed. Like, when that boat's at five and a half miles an hour, it is, like, gliding across the water. Like, yeah. not a lot of water resistance. And the the Newport will get it to the five and a quarter, you know, range pretty easily. So pretty, pretty simple little swap. Um, still got the innovative sportsman mount and foot steering, but I swapped over back to the NK 180 and it's so much lighter. It's so nice. And we did some really cool wiring for it. We, uh, I'll have to post some pictures of it, but we took the, the newer Hobies have uh screw in rod inserts for their recessed rod holders. Yeah. And we took both of those out. And he 3D printed a plate for the left side that's actually a track for holding my uh, camera boom. And then the right side is actually a female insert that holds the Marenco 70 amp plug. Dude, that's so, awesome. yeah. And then we ran <clears throat> all the wiring up to the front, reshaped. Yes, reshaped the front hatch insert bin. And I've got two. Blowtorch. And- <laughs> yeah. Yes. And a loading dock. It was great. The first one, this one looks terrible, but it's because it took us so many times to figure out how to heat it up because I don't know what plastic that is, but I've got a 1200 degree heat gun that would not heat it up hot enough to actually like stay hot and shape. It would just bubble, but the blowtorch, perfect. So we're going to order another one. I'm going to do it again and it'll be absolutely beautiful. Um, But I've got two amped outdoors, 12 volt sixties wired in series that uh for 2460 that are actually up front hidden so i can still have all my storage and have all my wiring and have my weight distribution and i'm gonna have some range because with the 50 i got 18 miles without killing it so i i I would assume i could get 25 miles out of that charge so maybe two tournament days now yeah that's a lot yeah and the weight, honestly, you could do a lap two, around the lake if you wanted to. Literally, well, depending. <laughs> but it, uh, between the two batteries and that motor, I think it weighs the same or less than the 1103 because the 1103 is a beef, like big old beefcake like of a motor. Outboard on your, yeah, she's she's tanky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm excited to try it. I mean, I've I've done Newport on the Hobie, so I know what that's like. I just haven't had the Newport with the foot steering. And one thing I can say about the 1103 is the higher horsepower motor, it at full speeds because it's so much torque, it is a bitch to steer it with your feet. Like that steering system is efficient. It's just, it fights you because there's so much torque. I think yeah. it's going to just be buttery with the Newport. So I'm excited. I, I got all that set up. I think we decided against doing all the lighting on this one. Um, since it's the sh- it's my shop boat for the year we're kind of like already halfway through the year. Yeah. You don't want to drill a ton of holes and stuff in it. Well, not only that, but I don't want to just rig it and have it rigged for, you know, cause I'm going to swap it in October 
get a PA 14 360 and then I'm going to go stupid on that one. Like we're going to go, uh, I, if you've never heard of Mystachrome, look up that color, Google Mystachrome. And I've got a guy working on getting it, getting me a wrap for it in Mystachrome. And it's a, it's, it, it's a famous paint job from Ford that yeah. came on select cars very rarely. And it's like a $20,000 paint job. Uh, no biggie. <laughs> no, but the, the wrap sh- hopefully shouldn't be that terrible. And we're going to do that. And we're talking, he's trying to talk me into wrapping my truck so that the truck and the boat match when the, the boat's in the bed of the truck. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if we're going to go that deep because then it's going to be <laughs> like, Oh, now I want wheels and tires. Oh, now I want a lift kit. Oh, now I need turbos like rabbit hole. Yeah. Don't but, go uh, that hole. Yeah, no, that's, so that's what I did all weekend. Bunch of rigging, some cool new stuff. Try to get some pictures posted up on the paddle and fin page. So everybody can see it. Cause it is some, uh, some of it's kind of innovative. Um, Nothing I ain't afraid to share, you know, if you see it and do it, go cool. Just say you saw it on my stuff. But uh, yeah, so uh, I've been like running around my head cut off. So give me a breakdown of what you got for us this week. What you, what you got set up? What we covered? Uh, so this week we got the first and second place winners from the elite kayak fishing event on uh, Cayuga Lake in New York. I don't know if I said that right, but Cayuga. Cayuga. I don't know what their pronunciation. Uh, this is one I've heard of and heard a lot about the last couple of years, especially watching like some of the elite series events and MLF, MLF going up yeah. there. And Dustin Connell smacked on them <coughs> last year at yeah. Cayuga. And, and, and then I, I want to say we covered watch, this uh, event, not the EKF, but I know we covered a Cayuga event kayak because I'm pretty sure Bailey Eichbert won that one. Yeah, I can't um, what. Who that, I what think. series it was that was up there. It, it would have been NYKBF, yeah. um, which is also an event that was going on with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and these guys got second and third in that event as well. Um, but for anybody that doesn't know about Cayuga, we're going to let these guys talk it about. We're about to bring them in, but it's like smallmouth heaven. So, and largemouth, apparently. Oh, yeah. Those two. Yeah. But like, as a southern man, we would go to Cayuga for the, for the brownfish. So, Oh, boy, it just lit the sky. It's lightning and storming here. So if I cut out everybody, I'm very sorry. But it uh, it just lit up like a daylight outside. So must be getting pretty close over here. Yeah. But uh, without any. Oh, I hope I hope it gets you too, man. It's a big old heavy <laughs> fat rain, as Forrest Gump once said. But yeah. uh, without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring them in. Um First up, we got Mr. Brandon Brylinski and Mr. Nick Audi. How y'all doing, fellas? Doing well. How about you? Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Thanks for being able to fit us into your busy schedules after the kicking button tournaments all weekend. Because I know, like, last thing I want to do is talk about fishing. Not That's yeah. <laughs> all I can think about right now. That's right. Well, uh, I swear we've had Nick. Have we had you on before? Um, I'm, I don't believe so. No, maybe I've just seen your name a bunch. Yeah, but uh, well, both of y'all, uh, Nick, you can go first. Uh, tell the folks listening a little bit about yourself. Give us a little introduction. How you got into kayak fishing? Just a little bit. Yeah. So, um, my name is Nick Audi. I'm from Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania specifically. Um, and I've been in a kayak since 2017. Um, kayak fishing. I started fishing kayak tournaments in 2020. I actually ran into one of my buddies, Ryan Matalevich. We traveled to tournaments together 
um, at one of our local lakes here. And he introduced me to kayak tournaments. And I, ever since then, I've just been completely eaten up with it. It's like, it's just, I think it's the most fun thing you could do. Just travel in the country, going fishing kayak tournaments. And every once in a while, you win a little bit of money. So it's, I wouldn't uh, know anything about that. <laughs> but it's um it's a lot of fun you get to i mean besides just traveling the country getting to see all these amazing fisheries like going up to new york or even this year i was down at the best best championship on chickamauga somewhere i never would have been had it not been for kayak fishing so yeah that's basically um basically how i got into it and um i do enjoy northern fishing a lot for small mostly smallmouth i'm smallmouth fishing is my favorite but when presented an opportunity like Cayuga this weekend to go go crack some largemouth, I'm not opposed to that either. Heck yeah! yeah. Well, Especially uh, the quality that you guys are getting oh, into. Yeah. That's uh, can't pass that up. I mean, that's well, and is it something there? So, just to, before we let uh, Brandon introduce himself, here's a quick question: With it being known from the outside looking in, because of the the elites and MLF and the the big tournament scenes that come that way. Do a lot of people really just come focus on the smallmouth and it kind of makes the largemouth fishing like easier? Not, you know, you know, quotes uh, on that word or I would say no, those it, those events they mostly focus on largemouth. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. The elites and MLF, there's only like a hang, handful of guys that go after the smallies. Cayuga in particular is, is tricky with the smallies. They're really pelagic and so it's it's tough to pattern them. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking at Navionics here. Is it really 400 foot deep in the middle? Oh, of yeah. It? Yeah. Holy crap. And it's like it. So it's weird because you could actually see the drop offs. Like if you're sitting on shorts, yeah. the water so clear down there where you could see where it's like it'll go from like, you know, the bank to like 10 foot to 20 foot. And then like it just straight drops off to like 200 feet. Yeah. Dude, that'd be that's, freaky. That's yeah, insane. That's freaky. Like standing in your a, kayak and you're basically yep. looking off a cliff. Yep. That's <laughs> like. yep. That'd be the first time I'd ever been scared of heights in the water. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some spots um when I was pre-fishing that you could see that like I'll be ten yards from the bank and you're in a hundred feet of water, like right up yeah. against the bank. See, yeah, I don't even I was know just how to looking fish at this like point that. here and it's like maybe fifty yards from the bank you're in two hundred foot of water. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Brandon, since we, we started getting interested in the other stuff, go ahead and tell us about yourself, how you got into kayak fishing. Yeah, tell me what sure. kind of dog that is that's snoring back there. Uh, it's a, a French bulldog. I kicked him out of the room. I say, say it's got to be a Frenchie or a bull, or American bulldog. <laughs> yep, Frenchie. Uh, so I'm Brandon Brylinski. I live in Ithaca, New York. So very thankful to be right at the base of Cayuga Lake. I consider it my home lake. Uh, I've been um, here in the Finger Lakes region for about seven years. Um, I've, I've been fishing since, you know, since I could hold a pole. Um, but I actually grew up in, um, in Oregon and uh, did a lot of salmon, steelhead, sturgeon fishing out there. Oh, nice. um, so, um, I, you know, I did do some bass fishing a little bit and, you know, ponds and stuff. But uh, it wasn't really until moving here to New York that I got really into the, the bass fishing. And I got into the kayak fishing. I think I did my first tournament in 2019 and have just been obsessed ever since. Uh, we've got a great community here with NYKBF, uh, Justin Hausner and all the TDs. They, they do a great job and our, our club is just blowing up. Um, so that's that was my entry point to the tournament fishing. And I've just, you know, now I'm traveling the country and doing some of the Hobie events and 
elite kayak. So yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, is- you know, I, NYKBF is always, we, we get to cover and kind of keep up with everything. NYKBF definitely has always, there, there's always the clubs that stick out. You know, you have the all American kayak Queen series, City. Queen city, NYKBF, yeah. the 63 of them in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, same thing in Tennessee. Um, but yeah, NYKBF always does really good. And, uh, you hear, there's a lot of anglers that come through, uh, that scene that we hear about on the nationals trail a lot. And, uh, so it was awesome to get to, to cover one of those events as well as one of the EKF. I don't think that we've done an EKF before. I think this is the first time. Um, so this, it'll be, it'll be pretty cool to, to get into. And that's, that's what we're going to do. So we kind of talked a little bit about the depth, you know, the crazy depth and the different, uh, types of fish in there. But if anybody wants to expand on Cayuga a little bit and, and Brandon, you may be, you know, you live so close, it might be good, good for you to expand on it a little bit to give us, give us a little lay of the land. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to. Um, so like I said, I live in Ithaca. Um, but you know, that that's down on the South end of the lake and it's, it's quite a bit different here on the South end. Um, I've, you know, spent the the last handful of years trying to figure out the South end and I, I get some decent fish down here, but it's, it's nothing like the, the Northern half of the lake. Um, and, uh, like we talked about, it's, you know, it's one of these glacier finger lakes that are extremely deep, uh, Seneca and Cayuga are the two largest finger lakes and they both are like maxing out at like 500, 600 feet deep. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, so we, we do have, uh, you know, the, the smallies, like we talked about, there's some big ones here. Um, the possible, I, I don't know if it's been verified, but possible state record smallie just came out of Cayuga. I think it was last year. Um, yeah, it was like 10 pounds and seven ounces no, or something that was, in that range. No, that was the one out of Erie. The one that was the Cayuga. one out of Erie. Yeah. Okay. Cayuga was eight, eight, five or eight, six, I think. Okay. Yeah. But still a freak. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh only <laughs> eight. a monster. Only eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is really impressive that the state record smallmouth could come out of Cayuga when you've got the St. Lawrence River in Ontario right right next yeah. door which yes. is right that crazy. is that is crazy to think about yeah. and that 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 whole that whole lake it like I've I look at it on Navionics like Garrett had touched on earlier and it like you watch some of the the video and film of it how, how guys are fishing it and then obviously you don't know right where they're sitting but then when I see it on Navionics, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like, all I see is 200 <laughs> foot of water. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, your drop <laughs> shot's not getting down there, guy. Like, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pretty interesting. And when Garrett brought it up, I was glad we get to uh, take a look at it with you guys. So uh, whoever wants to start, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about pre-fishing and preparation, um, getting ready for this event. Um, Nick, we'll let you talk about it because it, it may have been a little more simple for Brandon with uh, – having home field advantage so how, how did you prepare nick so yeah i um i prepared by i, I had two days of pre-fishing before the event and i um had actually gone up to the lake the lake's only about two and a half hours from my house so i had gone Not up to bad. the lake about three three weeks previous to just get a feel for what was going on because i knew it was kind of going to be a pretty big event so wanted to get a feel for what was going on in the lake and that was we had a big warming trend um up here it was like in the 90s in in early april and which is like crazy for around here and it hasn't hit 90 here in alabama yet that's not oh really yeah 
Yeah, we had like one day where it topped out in, in the 90s and it was in the high 80s for a couple of days. Um, That's insane. So I'm telling you, man, the climate has flipped this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I found a, a, a pretty good school of fish pretty shallow. Um, and I was, I was catching them good. I had like a hundred shallow water. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Well, actually that's the other thing. The Northern part of the lake turns back into like a traditional shallow water fishery where it's like 10 to 12 feet across the whole Northern part of the lake. Yeah. That's that's wild how it does that. Yeah. Like there's a good stretch where it's just like a big giant flat of like 15 foot of water the whole way. And the water dirties up too. When you get up there, you get like a, it's almost like a chalky blue colored water up there. Mm. Chalky green. Um, so yeah, I found that, found that school of fish shallow. And then when I came back to pre-fish the two days before the event, um, I, I went to check and see if that shallow bite was going on and it, and it wasn't it because it had cooled back down. I couldn't find those fish shallow. So I basically just started graphing and, um, I, I found a couple offshore spots graphing on side scan that were like harder bottom areas and my first cast in i catch a 21 and a quarter and it was seven pounds nine ounces and i was like okay well this is this is this is something so it sounds like it's got the potential we talked about how it had the small mouth uh uh, record it sounds like it's got the potential for a large mouth record too oh I think for sure. If you get if you yeah. get a fish that's 22 and a half, 23 inches in there, which is not unheard of up north, rare, but not unheard of, yeah. that, it would go 10 pounds easy God. With, with, the, with the size of the fish. Um, so, yeah, I basically got on a little offshore deal, just scanning around, marking some subtle bottom features. It was pretty hard to see. It wasn't like anything like blatantly obvious, just – spots where they were staging maybe they pulled back out from the shallow bite and were sitting there waiting to push back up to spawn yeah. but graphing just a lot of graphing offshore what kind yeah. of uh what kind of forage do fish typically relate to on 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 these reservoirs like i've never really fished a, gr- a glacier lake like that except for maybe like some of the great lakes but so that's how you really there's a lot of perch uh, okay. there, there are alewives and that's what a lot of the smallies are going, they're chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's gotcha. why they move around quite a bit. Cause they're chasing the schools of alewife. Um, there are gobies now in Cayuga mm-hmm. as well. So that mm-hmm. I think is becoming more of a factor and also and I, probably why these fish are getting so big. Yeah. Any, any lake that you see that have goby, I, I suggest going, going fish there. <laughs> the fishing is in like all the, candy. all the major all the major lakes you hear about like up north are all except for champlain minus champlain but everything besides champlain st Clair, st lawrence ontario oneida grand traverse bay they're all goby driven that sounds awesome yeah i don't think i've ever fished a goby lake yeah they you would think that they wouldn't bite that easily because there's so much forage available but they they bite and they get gigantic constantly eating a buddy of mine, I remember, made a comment. We, we so you know, you got a lot of like a bluegill and red-eared sunfish and warmouth and stuff down mm-hmm. here, and we've got some places that fish kind of the same way you're talking about. How it's like, why would they bite my lure when they've got so much? But he always makes the comments. You can watch them waking, blowing bluegill out of the way to come eat your little four-inch plastic worm. <laughs> like it, it never <laughs> fails. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, think the only goby reservoir I fished like is uh, Grand Traverse Bay, like you just mentioned. Yeah, 
that place is ridiculous as well. That's that I've caught like one of the my baddest large mouth I've ever caught or small mouth. Oh, you're, oh, small mouth. Yeah, there. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that place is awesome. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish; it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations, and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So I see, uh, before we, we let Brandon get into it, I see, you know, looking at looking at Navionics, you know, it's a lot of submerged vegetation. Is there, does it still cater to a lot of other things? Lots of rock piles, submerged tree stumps, or up like, obviously probably more on like the northern or the far southern end where the water shallows up but it, do you have a lot of option like that or is it finding the the fickle key areas yeah in the grass? it's there's not a ton out there like the grass is like just starting to come up now and there's some left over from previous years but like you can find some grass out there i didn't find them relating to grass as much um at least during my pre-fishing um and it was more so just subtle hard bottom areas and there's really not that much rock out there it's a lot of sand and muck bottom so when you can find that that better bottom composition you tended to find the fish as well cool well uh what about you brandon uh tell us about your your approach to the pre-fishing yeah so um you know i i live right by the lake and pass it practically every day so um i've, I've had a number of opportunities to to check it out over the last month um, Do your pets of, out there that you got to go visit? <laughs> no, not not really. So, uh, you know, Bailey Agbret, he's he's in NYKBF, and he's definitely got some yeah. pets out here. And I, I haven't yeah. quite figured that out yet, but maybe maybe I'm getting there. We'll we'll see. Um, yeah, maybe but, this is a start. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, but uh, kind of like Nick, I I found some stuff up shallow a couple of weeks ago. And the, uh, the water was a little bit warmer and, and I was catching fish. I found a really good school. Um, I guess this was about three weeks ago uh, that was sitting in like three, four feet of water. And I had a really fun afternoon. I probably caught like 30 chunkers in like two hours. Uh, it was just like, sometimes it was one after another. Um, so, you know, that, that actually ended up being my starting spot in the tournament. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh I didn't have a ton of time to pre-fish immediately before the tournament. I got out uh, Thursday afternoon and mostly just graft. Um, I, I fished a little bit and um, caught like one 18-incher and that, um, you know, I, I marked that spot um, and then found a few other small ones here or there, but, you know, not, not winning fish. Uh, but it was mostly um, like new grass that I was marking. So kind of unlike Nick, what, what I was actually looking for was uh, – good patches of hydrilla. And so that's what I was marking when I was graphing that. And I was um, looking at the watercolor. 
uh, a lot of times on Cayuga that that makes a big difference. Um, so there was like a particular, um, you know, coloration that I was looking for and kind of just making note of that. Uh, and I got out Friday morning just for like maybe two, three hours before I had to um, go to work. And um, for that, I, I just came down here on the south end and I thought that if I could get on some, you know, those good smallies that I might have a chance and I'd have them mostly to myself. And I got one pretty quick, but it was an 18 and then I didn't get anything after that. So I, I decided to, you know, scrap that plan and, and just go to the north. Um, and, you know, my plan with the tournament was to just um, continue moving until I found the fish just because I didn't have a lot of time to, to pre-fish. Awesome. I like Makes it. Sense. couple different ways of approach. Yeah. And it's so like from a kayak standpoint. So if you're looking at this lake on, on the map, like we are, it's a North South straight line for the most part, not mm -hmm. a lot of features. And for most, you know, kayak guys that, uh, you just you, you typically see a lot of kayak folks it's like shallow water that's what a lot of folks think about when they think kayak fishermen so obviously it covers a decent amount of mileage the you know more fishable water just looking at it from a map do you, do you, ha you typically have to think that you're going to be fishing around a lot of people especially this time of year yeah this lake is like notorious for the northern part of the lake getting getting a lot of pressure um <laughs> And that's why I, I did try during pre-fishing to find those smallmouth so hard because given a choice, I'd rather chase smallies over 60 feet of water than largemouth in six feet of water, which is, that's just my style of fishing. Yeah. Um, but I did know that there was going to be a lot of pressure up north. Um, there's a couple really popular spots that people were going to be racing to get to. Um, and I did factor that into my pre-fishing and that's why I, I wanted to spend so much time graphing because I knew if I could find an offshore bite, even like offshore, even in like 10 feet of water, just out in the middle yeah. of nothing, I'd have that to myself. And I thought that was very important for this event. So I, I covered like 20 miles during pre-fishing, just like gritting back and forth, looking for something that wasn't like the standard, you know, the standard areas that everyone was going to be fishing. Yeah. We talk about this a lot, and in, in especially this year, is like finding that spot within the spot. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of what you had to do uh, up there. Uh, yeah. But, well, I think that that's what separates a lot of people from being a great fisherman angler compared to you know, most of the regular old weekend warriors like myself that get caught up, you know, trying to do the same thing, or I'll even try and replicate in other areas, but I never, and this year has just been a big first for me, especially, you know, as Gary just said, us, we've really talked about it and been thinking about it more that it's, you can't always have the mindset that I've got to get away from everybody. You just got to find something that everybody else isn't doing, whether that's yep. a specific technique or they're running right over something that's just different. Right. You hear, you always hear the pro bass guys, whether they're talking about, um, like that one patch of grass that's by itself, that one mm -hmm. stick up that's by itself, just that one thing different yep. that's everyone else has overlooked. But yep. yeah. And that, well, that was a factor why I abandoned my, my first spot at the beginning of the tournament is, you know, I looked around and there were seven, eight kayaks around me and they were all doing the same thing I was doing. And I was like, well, not that, doing that. Not a, yep. Yeah. Yep. See, I tend to get that mentality where like, 
yeah, but I'm gonna do it better than y'all are doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it never works. But right. yeah. oh, I'm the best at doing this. I, I'll got. This. Well, you're throwing a cinco. <laughs> I'm gonna throw the baddest cinco in the freaking world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never works. Yep. No. Well, uh, let's let's just go ahead and get into it again. So it's a one day tournament. So you don't have to worry about really mm. laying off the fish, which yeah. is nope. you get to go out there We're and burn them to the smack ground. On oh, them. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So uh, yep. whoever wants to take it away, um, talk about it. Let's hear, you know, um, as much as you want. Let's hear about you know, yep. like what the pattern you found was. You don't have to talk about the specifics of the area, but, you yep. know, the baits. Well, let's just talk about all of it. But whoever wants to start. Yeah, ahead, so um, I, um, I, I basically went directly to that first spot that I found marked offshore that I caught a fish on. And um, there were like five or six key little hot zones in this one, maybe, I don't know, 500 yard stretch. And it turned out that that's all I fished all day. I just cycled through little hard bottom spots all morning long. I pulled up, I caught a fish on my first cast. I caught a fish on like my third cast. Like I had a limit within five to 10 minutes out there. And it was, it was a pretty good limit. It was like, it was like 87 inches within the first five to 10 minutes. And I just proceeded to just try to burn it to the ground as much as possible because I knew I wasn't saving anything Yeah. and just slowly upgraded throughout the day. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I, my, I caught, I made one big upgrade. I caught a 20 and a half, um, it kind of in between the two spots on something I didn't expect to catch the 20 on. So that was like kind of a bonus. And I think that's the kind of fish you need in these kind of tournaments where like every inch literally matters because the field is, I knew it was going to be so so tightly stacked i mean i like i said i had 95 inches i'm thinking okay i'm i'm looking all right and then i see brandon post and he's got like whatever it was 94 (laughs) and three quarters at that point i'm like man i'm gonna need to keep catching fish and then he ended up passing me and then i ended up making one more call to get to to 99 and a quarter at the end of the day well what was your what was your go-to technique i was um i was throwing a chatterbait um creeping it along the bottom um just creeping a chatterbait along the bottom. Um, I think that could imitate a lot of things. Uh, mostly either like uh, probably that goby presentation is what I would think on the harder bottom spots. Just creeping it along the bottom. Um, and I would sit on one spot and I'd make the same cast 15, 20, 30 times in a row. Just just from different angles. Boat working, boat positioning in different angles to try to hit that that little spot that I knew was a hot spot for fish every which way I could to get everything I could out of it. And then I'd rotate to the next spot and let that spot reset and come back an hour later and try to hit it again because these fish are kind of floating around out there and then they'd position themselves on that spot so throughout the day the stuff would reload mm. that's sick wow yep are you uh what, what's your chatterbait of choice i throw a z-man jackhammer yep let's throw on a jackhammer a couple different colors um black and and i was also throwing a fire craw as well awesome Very nice I, f- yeah. I picked the fire crawl back up this year because like yeah. it was great great it was really good when it first came out mm-hmm. and then just like everything else it seemed like it got burned to the ground yeah so i just laid off of it was like i'll find that other oddball right. color that nobody's throwing yeah. and i decided this year man i picked it up in like third cast with it this year like my it was i think my first fish of 2023 was like a five pounder and i was yeah. like oh hey and it's actually bite. funny <laughs> It's, it's kind of funny how I, how I like ended up going to that. Cause I'm not usually someone that throws fire crawl a lot. I normally stick to like the blacks, the green pumpkins and the whites, 
Um, I, but I was in, I was in like that when I was saying I was there three weeks earlier, I was catching them pretty good up shallow. Like, like, cause I was t- during the tournament, I was catching them in like, I don't know, anywhere from seven to 12 feet of water. Yeah. Um, but when I was there pre-fishing, I had caught them really good on black and, and white, like two, like the black one and the white one, I was catching them really good. And then the bite kind of died off after like 25, 30 fish. And I switched to a, a fire craw to see if I could fire them back up. And they just went bananas on it. Like they couldn't get enough of that thing once I switched mm. back to it. Mm. So, um, so that gave me the confidence in that for the tournament to go out and, and start with that in my hand. And, and I still did the, still did the color rotations on my individual spots I was fishing. And I think that was pretty key. I caught a pretty key upgrade switching colors actually, and getting them to go on a different look than just rolling the same thing over their head all day. I was gonna. I was gonna ask, like being typically like a clear water reservoir, you think they're more visually relate relate to like forage and stuff than? I um. I think, I think the smallies definitely do. Yeah, because yeah. like it, it's it's a stark contrast between the the watercolor down south and or like from mid lake down to up north. Like it's it's pretty dirty yeah. up north compared to compared to below. Like, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the way down the lake, that water really starts to clean up, like mm. super clean, like 25 feet of visibility clean. Um, and I think up north, a lot of it is reaction based on what they're eating. Like I, I yeah. personally couldn't get them to eat a finesse presentation. And like that is like a spinning rod is like my favorite thing to throw. Like, I, it's like opposite of I know opposite of a lot of normal kayak fishermen, but <laughs> I love I love finesse fishing, like drop shot, shaky heads, and th- that kind of technique. And it never plays there for me. I just I power fish up north. That's that's like my one time a year I get to go out and just hammer on them power fishing. So you don't you don't have to say what trailer, but with the fire crawl trailer, just because I like poking around on this one like what what is your color of trailer that you like to do because i've had guys that like to run you know red all the way through i personally like to offset colors i do red Mm -hmm. and i do and then black trailers i like to have something to dial on yeah i um i I just throw a zaco i throw the fire cross zaco zaco color or the or the um the orange what's what's the other one the one with the it's like orange and green pumpkin on the bottom um yeah it's, I don't remember what that color is called. I don't remember what they call it, but it's very yeah. similar to like a Alabama craw. Yeah, very similar to that. But either one of those. Um, and then on the other colors, I I just throw you know, so like I like the laminates a lot, the black and green pumpkin laminate. I throw with the blue fleck in it, or just straight black. And then on the white ones, I like I like the cream white. I'm not a big fan of that one. That's the uh, the laminate. You know the one where it's like clear on the bottom and white on the top. I'm not. The yeah, biggest. yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that one. I like the the solid white one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do the Zaycos a lot and then I got on a kick with Kitex. And yeah. so if it's if I'm wanting a swimming presentation, I run Kitex or mm. a, a, a vertical well, yeah, a vertical crawl presentation. And then mm. when I creep it, it's it's like a crawl trailer. Uh yeah. That's it's pretty sick. Uh Jackhammer is one of my favorite things, or well, chatterbait fishing. I love to yeah. hear there's just so many ways to do it. I love to get everybody's take on it because yeah. If you know, you you tell me one thing, Jody Queen, who's like Mister Jackhammer, he does it completely mm-hmm. different than everybody else. He's a big diesel minnow yep. guy. Um, mm-hmm. Be nice if we could find diesel minnows down here in the south somewhere. Anyone's listening yeah. with a tackle store hookup, tell them to carry the freaking diesel minnows down here. You ever tried? Because Riverbirds got them. 
Well, screw you then. Okay, pal. <laughs> Ever tried the what? The tungsten jackhammer, the the JDM tungsten one. The I think PG, I've got one. I haven't. PG, they it. call it. Yeah, that's um, that's a. It gives it a different sound. I I. That's another thing I like to switch in. Just I just try different things. I don't know if it's actually matters or if it just helps my confidence that I'm like throwing a different look when I'm yeah. throwing something, but those kind of things I'm always just playing with little and I think that comes from being a finesse fisherman where I'm like trying to tweak every little thing about my lure to get it to look right, but I like to uh to tweak that kind of stuff. Makes sense. Play around. Well, Brandon, what about you, man? What's yeah. here? So um like I said, I, I had my starting spot kind of in mind and um, thought I could, you know, put together a quick limit and I got there and probably spent like 30 minutes there, but, you know, looked around and there was seven, eight kayaks around me all doing the same thing. And I didn't see anyone getting anything. So I got out of there. And um, like I said, I I didn't have a lot of time to pre-fish. And so I I kind of just went hunting um, during the tournament and, um, you know, I, I cruised around and was looking at my side scan and after maybe like 20 minutes or so of cruising around, well, I, I got to this spot that I could see on Navionics that had, you know, kind of a, a bottom contour feature that looked juicy. And I, I rolled up there and I got a fish pretty quick, like first, second cast, uh, 18 inches, you know, got something started in the first hour. So that felt good. Um, but then I, you know, kept moving um, and my my side scan lit up with some hydrilla and i i knew from the the practice that i um the little bit of practice i had done i was getting fish out of some of that early hydrilla that i had found and this it it looked juicy and i thought i saw fish in there i wish i would have taken a picture of what i saw in the side scan because i i was like that that looks like bass and um i got set up behind it and was casting into the wind and i think that ended up being key was casting it into the wind and, and bringing it back down with the wind. And um, I did most of my damage on lipless crankbaits. Um, so kind of like what we were talking about or what Nick was talking about with the chatterbait and playing around with different colors and, and different trailers. Um, I had several lipless uh, rigged up and, you know, I had a half ounce, I had a five eighths ounce, I had a few different colors and um, I was just kind of playing around with that and playing around with retrieves. And, um, I was getting, it was kind of a weird bite. I was in, um, seven to eight feet of water, found that hydrilla, uh, confirmed pretty quickly with the lipless, you know, I I pulled up some hydrilla and I was like, okay. And, um, I, I was kind of getting these like pecks. It, It almost felt like a perch or a bluegill, like pecking. And, um, you know, that happened like three or four different casts. And I was like that something's going on there. And, um, after, you know, maybe 10 casts or so I, I hooked a bass and pulled it in and it, it was hooked on the side of the, the lip only had one hook. And thankfully most of the, uh, the lip list that I had planned on using, I had swapped out the stock hooks. Uh, I was yeah. using mostly Hayabusa's and, um, also the owner ST like 36s, I think. Um, and I'm really glad I did because most of the fish I got on the lipless, it was like one hook in the corner of the mouth. Um, so the bite was really weird. Um, but I pretty quickly got a number of, um, just shy of like 20 inches. They were like 19, 19 and a quarter, 19 and a half. Um, got a few of those and it, it like 
I, I think I got the school fired up because it, it was just like all of a sudden it was lights out for like an hour. Um, I didn't even submit the fish and Nick, like that, that, that's why I jumped up there so quickly right. because I, I was just like, it was like one after another. And, um, you know, in the middle of that, that's when I got the, the big one that won big bass, uh, it was 21 and a half and, uh, that thing was chunky. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, spend a lot of time, like, you know, basking in the glory of that. I, I got it back in the water pr pretty quickly and just kept firing. Um, so I was, I was getting a number of like smaller fish, but like, I'd say like every two or three fish, you know, I'd pull one up. That was the right one. That was, you know, 19, 19 and change. Um, and so that went on for about two hours. I filled out my limit, um, pretty quickly was, you know, up there at like 95, 96 inches, um, noticed on the leaderboard, you know, where Nick was at and we were kind of like going back and forth and, um, so I'd say after about two hours, uh, having a blast, like I, I must've caught like 12, 15 fish out of that, that area in those two hours. Um, the, the bite died off. I, I tried a few other things in that area. Uh, I was throwing a chatterbait, um, throwing a big swim bait, couldn't get anything else to fire. And so I, I went moving again. And, um, what I realized is I, I think as the sun came up and the wind started to die down a little bit and the water was warming up, uh, I think those fish moved shallow. So I was getting them in like seven to eight feet and I found them again, like pretty in relatively similar area, but they had moved up to like four feet of water and, um, started getting them on the lipless again. This time I like downsized to, um, I tried a three eighths ounce. I think I maybe got a few small fish on that. And um, I also at that point got a fish on a jackhammer that went into my limit. Um, and that was uh, like a white jackhammer, half ounce. I was throwing it with um, the Berkeley, the deal trailer, yeah. um, which I've become a, a pretty big fan of. Um, I've, I've caught some really good fish on that in tournaments. Um, nice. It's definitely like one of my confidence baits. And um I, I was getting a fish like here or there um, in, in the um, more shallow water. But what, what was so frustrating was, you know, I wanted to, to get, you know, another 20, 20 plus inch fish um, to kind of hang with Nick. And I must've caught like four or five fish that were all right at 19. And <laughs> two, two of my smallest fish were 19. And so I got like probably five more fish that were all right at 19. So it was so frustrating. You know, I was like trying to get just a quarter of an inch out of these fish. Yeah. And it wouldn't go. If any of those would have had like a couple quarters. Yeah. Yep. And, and every time I saw these fish coming up, I was like, oh, surely that's a 20. And like it was 19 on the dot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I got four or five of those that didn't help me. And then, yeah, that's the, the big one. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to present on some of these. They're... Yeah, like that That fish is absolutely, like, giant for a 20. Mm -hmm. I mean, a 21 and a half is a killer fish, yeah. you know, no matter yeah. what way you look at it. But that thing, like, if the rest of, from basically his tail section back, if it would fit the rest of his body, that would have been a freak of nature fish right there. Yep. Like, <laughs> he looked I like he like... just got stunted right here <laughs> i feel like that's how all these fish on cayuga are it's it's unbelievable like you They're when you see balls. some of them come out of the water you're like oh god this has to be 22 inches and you put it on yep. the board and oh it's 19 or oh <laughs> it's 20 <laughs> yep. yep pull up this uh 20 and three quarter that ryan caught 
Yeah. I got it. <laughs> you got it? Uh, yeah. That thing is... Uh... At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. A football. It's crazy. Jeez, that thing, poor thing, looks worse than the other one did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ryan on, actually like, one. Almost everybody's looks like this. Like, Wait, does Ryan just... have his board cut off at 21 inches? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. man knows he's not catching anything over 21. <laughs> he, I, I know, Ryan. He, he carries a bigger board with him, but just for the sake of putting them on the floor and not flopping out, he has like a, a quick measure board that, that only goes to 21. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we've had yeah. Ryan on uh, recently. Ryan's yeah. Ryan's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a freaky looking fish, though. That thing is swollen. Yep. <laughs> oh man! But like all the way down the leaderboard, like everybody's got like those nineteen twenties that are all just yeah. like ridiculously fat. I think there was what was it, sixteen or seventeen people in the EKF tournament had over ninety. Yeah. Um... I've got it. I'm over here looking through all the, <laughs> the big fish. Yeah. Uh, 15. 15. 90, over 90. 90 inches. And most of those people had at least a 20, if not two. Like, yeah. That's insane. It's like Scott. Like it's, I mean, like looking at the Hobie coming up in, in the end of June, it's going to be. I mean, if anyone wants a chance to get to like, I, I honestly, I think it's one of the best fisheries in the country, if not the best, just because of the yeah. the smallmouth and lar- the, and and just as good as the largemouth are, the smallmouth are just as freakishly big. So I mean, it's got Absolutely. the best of both worlds, and it's it's just incredible. There's there's definitely a lot of five pounds plus smallies in this lake. Too. Yeah. God. Yep. And every one of these fish we're catching, like when Brandon's saying 19 inches or like whatever, like 19, even the 18 and three quarters, they're all five plus pounders. Like they are just every, I mean, you throw back five pounders, like they're, they're nothing. Like it's that they're not even keep, they're hardly keeper fish. So are these was, like spawned out and fed back up or are these like no, still pre, pre this is still no, pre spawn for you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, f- I figured like as much, but early our weather's been still. so like wacky. I didn't know if maybe y'all had already, got, yeah. especially with the weather being so hot. I didn't yeah. know if y'all already like blown through y'all the, spawn. There, there the might water... have been one or two that um that had spawned that that put up on beds that week, but I don't think any any like significant. The, the water temps were around fifty. It yeah. it warmed up like by the time the tournament ended to like fifty six, but there, okay. There, so there's... even though you've had so the heat wave, the water still 
yeah, you know yeah. fairly cold. Okay. Well, I mean, you got yep. think it's four hundred foot deep. It'll take and it's it. a glacier lake it's too. Take so. a while. Yeah. It'll take it a while yeah. to get it get it up there. So there was there was a small uh, bass boat tournament happening the same time as us. It was like uh, twenty five boats or so, and um, it took over thirty pounds to win. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's and, insane. Um, during pre fishing, I actually weighed my best five, and I, I had thirty one pounds during during the the day before the tournament and pre fishing. That was one hundred and three inches I had. And you started with a seven pounder, didn't you? Um, in pre-fishing, yeah, I yeah. had I had a seven pounder and then multiple six pounders and a couple fives and hundred. get you fired Garrett, and, what are you and, doing and, in two weeks? I, you want to go I there? Felt, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, and I felt I feel like, like kind that of place would just like desensitize you to the rest, like oh, it, the it, world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a couple fisheries up in New York. Like I give New York all the credit in the world. There's a couple fisheries up in New York that make you like not want to fish anywhere else. Like if you ever get out to Ontario or St. Lawrence River, it's just it makes going elsewhere feel like almost not worth it. Well, so, and there's yeah. some of some of the other Finger Lakes are also just yeah. equally insane. Um, there's like I, I would say Cayuga is probably my favorite, but there's a couple of other close seconds. I caught several six pound smallies last year. Yeah. Yep. I am just a lesser fisherman. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm standing on the feet of <laughs> royalty. I'd love to. I, 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 I don't catch fish like that. I can catch big largemouth. I mean, I've caught yeah. a big smallmouth. Yeah. And I think, I think it just felt bad for me, but I think your odds go way up the closer you get to that area. So. It no definitely kidding. does. Cause I, cause I've been to Kentucky Lake and I've been to, to uh, Chickamauga and I, I did not catch big smallmouth like that down there, despite trying very hard. Yeah. Those are some tough fisheries. Yeah. The, the Tennessee river fisheries are yeah. very, they're my, my nemesis. Very hard to figure out. Yeah. That's like all I've got. Like, yeah, I, that's where my confidence is. Well, well, Nick. So with the with the tournament coming to a close, and you you know you'd seen Brandon up there, and y'all had changed positions a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Did you think he had any last minute ones to jump you to get in, or did you think you had held on to it? Well, um, EKF, I think did they they left the leaderboard on this time. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't close they did. the leaderboard. Oh, so nice way to deflate your bubble yeah. the whole way in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I did I did get a buzzer beater. I literally took the picture at two thirty, which was oh, lined wow. out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it, like I said, I was getting all these fish that were at nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. So this one was nineteen and a quarter, so it gave me a quarter of an inch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, hey. with going going towards the end of the day, um, it, it's always the like I, I've I've been fortunate enough to win a couple of tournaments, and like when you're when you're in the lead at the end of the day, you're sitting there like just waiting for the shoe to drop. You're you're like someone's going to submit something. It just has to happen, and in yeah. a tournament as close as this. I was like, honestly, I was like kind of shocked that I ended up winning because I, I'm thinking this is such a great lake and it's like literally quarter inches. I'm like, someone's going to pass. Me and, it, and it's on fire, obviously. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. You, you called them, you, y'all both yeah. called them absolutely stuff, but like a lot of folks got them. So, yeah, right. <clears throat> That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Well, man, well, you know, just a big congrats to you and like, thanks for, you know, given us a whole bunch of information on it i mean it's definitely opened a bunch of our eyes and i i've heard of the lake before and because we've got a lot of great content creators in in our realm um you know bailey and yep. uh 
even Greg Blanchard, um, his yep. his New York home is up on the uh, up by yeah, Cayuga. He fished this one, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was there. He was there. Oh, yeah. sweet! I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I Greg got, got fifth in the double down. Twenty something, twenty second or twenty first in the elite. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, so we, you know, a lot of us know about that lake through a lot of these guys and watching the mm-hmm. elites and the MLF, and uh, but it is yeah. is great to have y'all on to to talk about it and really show what kind of great fisheries there are up in, up in New York. And, you know, Mm -hmm. most of us Southern guys don't get to head that way. Most of the time, there's not really a reason to, because, you know, we got gunners one Chickamauga. If you do ever head up this way, the only place you have to stop in Pennsylvania is a Soski. Besides that, you could kind of leave the rest of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Just, it's it's not, not that great. Yeah. Yeah. Soski. I'm looking forward to, if nothing, I mean, I, we, we both have a kid on the way. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, uh, I found Congrats. he, he, his wife's a good bit further along than mine is, but I had a whole bunch of fishing plans towards the middle and end of this year that probably just went all out the window, but mm-hmm. I'm yeah. hoping I can still squeeze in the Susky event yeah. at the one, end of the year. That one, for bass, that, that will be a, that is the right time of year to have that event. That is going to be an yeah. absolute upper nineties, yeah. both days. I'm going yeah. to try to hit that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that that plays to my style. I'm a moving water like yep. creek guy. Like if the yeah. water's rough, like I I'm not even knowing like how that place fishes. Like I get excited when the the rains come and the water yeah. speeds up. I'm like, oh, like this is yeah. nice. So that I'm a hoping I can make that event. Hoping we get a little weather before it. Yeah, just to I kind would of say. I always say the Susky fish is like a, a pre-spawn Southern Lake all year round. For some reason, that's just how I feel like it fishes. Oh my it's God. Like, it's yeah, that's yeah, kind of how that. Yeah. Yep. Oh heck yeah! Well, maybe we'll get to see you guys there. Um, yeah, what, what do y'all got up next on y'all schedules? Um, I am actually headed back to Cayuga next weekend. There's a small Slay Nation tournament up there that I'll be fishing, um, and then Lake George KBF and the rest of the elite kayak fishing schedule um, starting at Champlain. Now is my northern swing of the year. This is like when I'm. I've done the traveling down south, and now I'm now I'm focusing on on the northern fisheries, and that's my my favorite time of the year. Post spawn, chasing smallies, big water. Heck that's yeah, my... stuff I know Sounds nothing like about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I like Nick. I spent a bunch of time traveling down south in uh, February and March. Um, was on the road quite a bit, hitting up uh, some Hobie events and um, the Bassmaster Kayak Championship on Chick. Um, so, you know, now that I'm home and it's starting to warm up here and these fish are firing, I'm going to, I'm going to hang tight and mostly do, uh, NYKBF events. Our next, uh, club event is not this weekend, but the following weekend, it's, it's a few different finger lakes that you, you have some options there. And again, it's like big smallies, big large mouth, um, you know, and, and several different lakes. So they should be at different stages. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, doing, um, doing more NYKBF events and then looking forward to the, uh, the Hobie on Cayuga. Um, so that, that's kind of my, my focus now I'm, I'm in a decent place right now in AOI standings in the Hobie BOS. And so I'm really hoping I can, um, you know, repeat what I just did on Cayuga and, and get some good, valuable AOI points. Um, sounds like that'd be a good chance for you to do that. Yeah, we'll see. I definitely, uh, I love, I love when the 
national kayak trails hit the northern lakes because it does seem like it does shake the leaderboards up a little bit you still have your guys that just kind of do good everywhere but uh it does it does start to play to you know other guys um so i think it'll be it'll be definitely be fun to watch you never know maybe me and garrett can trick the wives and get out there for that one don't think it's gonna happen do it yeah that's my anniversary weekend my first garrett's out yeah, <laughs> it's not. I immediately was looked at the calendar when it came out. I was like, "God dang it, <laughs> <laughs> honey!" Can we celebrate a week late? Yeah, <laughs> want to go to New York? Uh, there's some cool stuff up there. There's there's a bunch of wineries and some beautiful area. area. Yeah. There's yeah. waterfalls and you're gonna have this itinerary to to planned, and there's just gonna be this giant like three day gap in it where it's like <laughs> free fishing yeah. and two days of tournament. <laughs> Yeah, we got something going on during these days, but everything. <laughs> well, uh, this is a part of the show where we start to close it down a little bit, and we like to give you guys a chance to, you know, shout out your sponsors and family and whoever you know helps make it make it easy for you or makes it happen. So, uh, either yeah. one of y'all want to start, just shout them out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd like to thank um, Enduro Power Lithium Batteries. Um, they make one of the lightest hundred amp hour batteries on the market, and definitely help me. Help me power my kayak and my electronics during the tournament and at a pretty light package. Um, and also, I'd like to thank uh, Three Bells Outfitters. They helped EKF put this trail on, um, and they helped me rig my kayak for the season to get ready. And uh, they do a great rigging job. So if anyone needs their kayak rigged, definitely go check out Three Bells Outfitters. And besides that, just like to thank you know my friends and family. Um, Ryan Matalevich, I travel with him to all the tournaments, him and his dad, Frank, and we always have a great time on the road. So just like to thank those guys too. Ryan had a good, good finish in this event as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he got third uh-huh. right in the elite. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that tank that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Big old donkey. Giant yep. 20 and three quarters. Like the, one like, the Garrett, that fish got Garrett enough. Garrett, like he like, he's like, dude, You've got to see this. Like, and this is like three or four days ago. He's like, yeah. bro, <laughs> look at this thing. He's like, yeah. it's twenty inches long, and it looks like it's like eight pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually did catch an eight pounder pre-fishing. He caught a twenty-one and a quarter that was actually eight pounds pre-fishing. Good lord, <laughs> insane. Yeah, I got yeah. a week off coming up in May. I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to call you guys for some advice when I get up there because I won't know what the hell I'm doing, but. Well, uh, Brandon, there in 300 foot, like, no, you, you can best. I might go down there and just take a picture, just as like say I see one of the drop offs, but I'm staying away from that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? Yeah, I uh, just want to thank my um, my family, very supportive of this uh, little addiction I have, and um, you know, got a little fan club there, so it's fun. Uh, and then definitely want to thank uh, Justin Hausner, NYKBF, the tournament directors. Um, I think they, they're really uh, stepping up and, and taking it to the next level of our club. And also, you know, the elite uh, kayak guys as well for coming out here. Um, and then in terms of like sponsors, pro staff, um, Alpha Angler Rods, uh, it's pretty much all I use. It's all I used in the tournament. Uh, big fan of their their stuff. Obviously, Brandon Polinick has put them yeah. on the map, but they they make. Say, isn't that the rods that Polinick? Yeah. Yeah, BT. I mean, that's that's what uh, put me onto it initially. But I've I've kind of just fallen in love with most of their rods, and that's pretty much all I use. Uh, so um, yeah, and then um, Morgan Marine. 
uh, where I got my Hobie and uh, they set me up with, you know, a, a Newport Vessels motor and um, helped me with a bunch of the wiring. So they've, they've been great and um, Saver Outdoors and um, Love Beam's uh, headlamps uh, have been a, a supporter of mine for a couple of years now. So, yeah. Awesome. Hey, your boy loves a good headlamp. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've probably yeah, got... I just bought a new one today, actually. I, I bet you I've got... I, have, I literally have a box up there labeled headlamps. I've probably got 15 because I'm... <laughs> I'm weird. So, so these these headlamps are pretty slick. They actually, um, you can like kind of do this uh, setting on it, basically, where if if you're looking at someone, it'll shut off. Oh, that's really uh, cool. and then what? it it pops back <laughs> yeah. on when you're like looking down at your gear. So and what's, so what's the name of this slick. company again? It's yep. uh, Love Beams. Love Beams. Okay. They're about to get money from me. It, uh, <laughs> they they had initially been you called got 16 Low headlamps beams. now. They were called low beams initially, but then there's, I think, some copyright issues there. So uh, it's love beams. Yep, that's sick. Getting one of those. Yeah, I like all the little features. I'm I'm the one that like I'll see the the gimmicky ones that come across on like Facebook ads, like the little thin ones that like shape around your head. And I'm like, gotta get it. We gotta try it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta see how that works. Yeah, man. I used to use them for work every day, and it became it's it's like an addiction. I'm like, well, gotta try everybody's. See I've got one suck. like tucked in like every compartment because I always yeah. forget where I put it at. So uh, I've got one in like every compartment in my truck and in my <laughs> kayak. It, I, I, for shout out, little gimme, anybody listening might get surpassed by these new love beams I'm about to buy. But best ones you can buy for cheap, the Energizer ones that you can get at Lowe's. I've I still have every one I've ever owned, and they won't die. Like they're fend- yeah. I've got them wet. Doesn't matter. And then I've got a, I can't even think of the name, but I've bought some of the high end ones. The, uh, oh, Black Diamonds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had more troubles out of those than anything. Those things are so freaking finicky because they got six million settings. Mm. But uh, I might yeah, check I'm out those. Like yeah, through I, through I just dropped a uh, link in the chat. This guy is like my hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, they look cool too. Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. Sorry for the pause, folks. Checking out cool new gear that the gear horse that Garrett and I are, are about to buy. Well, uh, obviously, guys, man, we we do, man. We, we really appreciate it. It was great having y'all on. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on y'all, and I'm sure we'll be shouting y'all's names out on here at the end of our shows like we always do. Um, this is the yeah. first chance we've had this season, I think, to talk about like northern fisheries. Yeah. Yeah. This is all. Thing. This is the first time this year we've got to hit a uh, a event that wasn't a national trail. Yeah. Um, mm. It's been cool. pretty. Uh, the roots of this show we used to cover everything and cover yeah. a lot of the local stuff, and yeah, it's just yeah. been so cram packed full with all this national crap. Yeah, that <laughs> these are the shows I miss doing. But, you know, the the, the people want to hear the national stuff. I want to talk to you guys. Like, yeah. There's a lot more chance I'm going to run into you guys at one of the local events than on the national trip. Yeah. But, well, guys, we won't keep you any longer. Again, we appreciate it so much. Um, And, you know, good luck the rest of your season. Good luck at all your next events. Brandon, hope you get those IOI points and get on up there in that Hobie. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be sweet. Fingers crossed. Well, all right, dudes. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Thank you guys for having us on. Peace. Awesome show. Golly, I, I know Trey's going to listen to this one. Trey, 
and you <laughs> yeah. listen to this one in the morning. You already got your. Uh, you just text me. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we we talked about taking the boat up there last year. Well, Trey, it's time to go. So, I talk uh, about it every year. I'm like, man, I gotta go up there. I gotta go up there, but. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but it's going to happen at some point. I really might. I've got I've got so much side work that's like it's lined up, but a lot of it's not confirmed yet. It's like I know yeah. that it's coming. They just haven't said when yet. And with my new job, I'll get to gloat on this for a minute. I only work three days a week anymore. So for all you people listening, work your long all the all week jobs. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. I only work Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays now. And uh, it's been awesome. I have a lot of free time. And I still haven't been going fishing as much, so that's kind of stupid. Yeah. But uh, you're just getting prepped to go fishing a lot. That's right. The guy, the guy I work for is uh, he's going to be out of town for a week, and I've been trying to figure out what I was going to do. I thought about going to Gunnersville and camping, but I kind of don't want to. Thought about going back to Del Hollow, but I kind of don't want to. I, actually, that's a lie. I really want to go back to Del Hollow, but uh, never yeah. been to New York. I've never been north of. I've been into Ohio, like Southern Ohio. I've never been yeah. north or northeast of that. So, well, road trip. There's some good stuff up north. I mean, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but I mean, a lot of the good anglers know that, like, New York and some of the other, sometimes, like, some of the Wisconsin and stuff, like the Mississippi River and all that stuff. I see that's what, what I touched on earlier about, like, Miss doing those shows. We used to cover so much of that stuff. Um, when the All-American Kayak Series first started getting going, we used to cover them all the time. Um, yeah. Because like they went to a bunch of great places. They always had good turnouts. And you, you never talked to anybody from it. So we used to cover it yeah. all the time. And if we can find a way to start squeezing it back in, I'm definitely going to because I, 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 I enjoy these shows. I, I think everybody likes hearing them too. I, I think we can like more this summer too because – this is where you start seeing the larger gaps between events happening. Right. And, and with certain things that's been going on with some of the, well, with one of the trail series with KBF, I think you're just going to be a lot less uh, like lackluster there. I think it's going to, I think you're going to see the participation dwindling a little bit. Well, so, you're seeing that on some of the Hobie on the Hobie right now. They're, they're I understand that part. Participation on, which I mean, Shit's expensive uh, right now, so maybe folks is just saving their pennies. Or yeah. maybe it's people not happy with locations. I don't think that's it. I, I, I can't think of any on the Hobie. That... <clears throat> but again, kayakers are last minute. Like Now that the hype has left Hobie filled... about you got to sign up to beat the 200, you know? Yeah. I think that's all it is. I don't think you're seeing a drop in participation for any like particular reason. It's just like people are like, okay, I don't have to like People had FOMO. They were like, if I don't sign up, I won't make it. Yeah. And then they sign up and don't go. Like, Well, so the registration for the Kentucky Lake event closes on the 12th. Um, get how many they got? That. They got, the last I checked was 77. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. That'll break 100. There'll probably be 110, 120 at that one. I'm considering going to it. Uh, Boo. Yeah. Let's just go to Uh, Gunnersville. Well, I mean, Kentucky Lake's only an hour from my house. Well, the south end, the part that's out of bounds. (laughs) 
I think but, that might be something that's causing that delay and sign up. Cause I know a lot of folks was kind of upset. Not, not that they like cut off the, the Creek waters and all that, but like they cut off like the whole Southern section. Yeah. Pretty much from Paris down. Um, it seems like they've cut off and, and that that's like a even lot in of the bass boat world. That's where like you, you hear about those guys. That's where they run to like, yeah, is they run South uh, of Paris. Like, I get it. Uh, I get why some people might be frustrated with that, but at the same time, it's such a massive reservoir that, like, well, it's gonna make you fish out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah, go figure something else out. There's and there's a lot of water. That's if still... you don't like it, don't fish it. And I think that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I'd like to see more people, more people in it. Um, so. Yeah, this will be you'll win this one, and it'll have like the fewest amount of participants out of all the events. Whatever, if hey, if I win, win is a win. Still, yeah, <laughs> win is a win in my book. <laughs> but. All right. Well, speaking of winners, I've got like almost four pages of tournaments to hit. So, without further ado, here we go. First up on the list, KBFTN Kayak Bass Fishing Tennessee, the four-hour night event on Old Hickory, thirty-seven anglers. My man, Adam Reiser, taking the win on that one. Three fish, uh, 50 and a half inches for first place. Second place, Paris Edwards with 49 and a quarter. And third place, Bip. I can't remember. Is his last name Barrage or Burridge? Yeah, Barrage. Barrage. I thought so. I literally was just replying to a text from him right now. Well, there you go, Bip, if you happen to listen (laughs) to this. I was supposed to go fish that one with, with them. And that's the day my the transmission in my truck went out. So boo, yeah, boo. <laughs> so congrats to him for third place. Uh, and I think but, he had did he have big bass in that? I don't have that marked. Okay, uh, yeah, he had big bass in that, I believe. Uh, hell yeah, nineteen and a half. Uh, moving on from Another there, shot. we got the grassroots bass yakking on the White River five day tournament window. Each angler picks one day to fish. So you got five possible days. You have to pick which day you compete. Um, 58 anglers. First place, Nathan Pickering, 98 and a quarter. Second place, Justin Kivett, 90 inches. Third place, Nick Matthews with 88 and a half. So that one was putting them out. Next up, the kayak anglers of Western Pennsylvania. Bass on the Bay. Two-day event on Erie. 60 anglers. uh, Five fish limits combined total. First place, Robert Nuss with 179 and three quarters. Second place, John Klein with 175 and three quarters. And third place, Brooke Williams with 171. Uh, like 89 move. inch average or something like that. Yeah, pretty much for the top two. Um, 85 inch average for third place. Um, yeah. Moving on from that's, there, one of our favorite. Oh, what? That's pretty nice. I mean, that's all small. Oh, no, that's right? great. Yeah, 89 and three quarter one day, 90 inches the next day. Fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Moving on from there, one of our favorite clubs to cover with their infamous four fish limit. They kind of started that ball game. The Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing event on Lake Hartwell, 118 anglers. First place, yeah. Bennett Nall with 73 and a quarter. Second place, Lowell Brandon with 73. And third place, Jared Stanley with 72. Uh, moving on from there. Sure, was it Bennett or Lowell? I can't remember that we had on our show that had. Pretty won. sure it was Lowell. Yeah, that had won the uh, or second or on Hartwell. For on Hartwell, the yeah, it, it was Lowell. Yeah, so he continued to C- continue. And he, I mean, he missed that one by a quarter of an inch. So whacking him. Yeah, yeah. So he had that place dialed. 
absolutely. Uh, moving on from there, the Central Carolina kayak fishing event on Sharon Harris Reservoir, 41 anglers, five fish limit, first place, Drew Blair with 85 and a quarter. Second place, again. Dave Hart with 83 and a half. Third place, uh, Garrett Chavez with 82 and three quarters. Uh, next Drew up, a shout out a couple weeks ago because he had won an event. Yeah. Then, then you said it's your was, cousin? Yeah. Yeah. Or a distant cousin. So he's like my cousin's cousin. So not really. Third cousin related, twice guess, removed but... from his left aunt. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so next up, we got a couple that were down here that I probably should have fished, but uh, I don't like this lake. So uh, first up was the, we'll, we'll, I'll do it a little bit backwards the way that it's wrote. So it was the Lewis Smith Lake Super Regional. So it was North Alabama Kayak Anglers, Iron City Kayak Anglers, hosted by Coleman Kayak Anglers. And there was also the ACAT going on, the Alabama Kayak Anglers Tour. So for the Super Regional, 74 anglers, also a four-fish limit. My man, Spencer Miller, smacked them with 74 and three-quarters. Catching them on a That's spook solid. and a mag draft. Like, absolutely a good day. And uh, for That's anybody fun. that know, Lewis Smith Lake is a, it's a spotted bass, deep, clear reservoir um some creeks some stuff like that but really cool lake i just don't like it it's just typically full of pleasure boaters it's, it's i just yeah. it's not my game so i just completely died. Of i went down there and looked at new places to fish like took the time to hike down some trails look at some waters you know channel my inner drew gregory had a game plan next day was like nah i don't care i'm not going like <laughs> I'm not going. So wasted Did that tank. Get yourself guess. motivated for that one. I was motivated for 24 hours, and then I yeah. lost it very quickly. But uh, second place in that one, uh, another good buddy, David Mayfield, 71 and a quarter. Third place, former host on here, Daniel Perry, 69 and three quarters. But to go back to the ACAT, so that is a, uh, it's like a hundred dollar entry fee versus the standard entry fee of the other ones. It's just a little bit bigger event. So 29 guys signed up for that. Spencer that won didn't, and Spencer would have won by seven inches because his best five were like 90 something, like high oh, 90s. No. But uh, so he missed another like 1500 bucks. But uh, Dang. shout out to our man Daniel Perry, he took the win on that one with 85 and three quarters. Second place, Lance Coley with 84 and a quarter, and third, John Lessman with 83 and three quarter. So, uh, um, a pretty good tear this year. He's tearing it up man he's uh yeah. he's definitely dialing it in um finally found either a new groove or got into a groove so he, he's killing yeah. it so good job for awesome. for dano um moving on from there we got the kayak bass league event on newton lake in illinois 45 anglers five fish limit first place matthew muscarello with 95 inches Second place, Antoine Hayes with 91 and three quarters. And third place, Sean Avery with 91. Uh, moving on from there, the West Virginia Kayak Anglers, Jackson County Open, 42 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Buddy Vance with 89 and three quarters. Second place, Michael Ridenauer with 80 and a half. I'm pretty sure that he's the one that caught the like guesstimated 23 inch small at Del Hollow for the paddle. And yeah, he, I'm almost positive he was definitely there. Uh, yeah. If that, if that, yeah, I know, I, I know that was him, but yeah, so he's, he's killing it still. And then third place, Mark Edwards was 77 and three quarters. Um, next up a lake that I've always wanted to go fish, uh, Peach State Kayak Anglers on Lake Lanier over in Georgia, 
in conjunction with the Georgia Bass Nation event, uh, the results were the exact same. Uh, so 48 wow. anglers, five fish limit. First place, Josh Choi with 96 inches. Second place, Kai Wong with 96 inches. So went down to a tiebreaker there. Third place, Joseph Gayton with 94 inches. Um, moving on. Tiebreaker? I don't have it. I, I, sh- I should have asked her to, to get that one in. But uh, next up, we got the Moyak the Moyak event on Table Rock. 107 anglers out there for this one. Five fish limit. First place, Lance Burris with 88 inches. Second place, Joseph Mursky with 87 inches. Third place, Chad Davison with 87 inches as well. Um, so uh, next up, there was another lake or another tournament going on on Table Rock Lake. The Natural State Kayak Anglers they had 66 anglers sign up. Chad Davison had third in the previous tournament, got the win on this one with 87. Second place, Brandon Prince with 84 and three quarters. Third place, Richie McMichael with 84 and three quarters as well. Um, All right. So move- the tiebreaker on that one you went over was it? Oh, Moyak? Uh, yeah. Or, or no, Georgia Bass the, Nation. Yeah. Was a 22 and a, uh, the other second place had a 21 and a quarter. <sighs> Big fishes. Yeah. Big fish tiebreakers. All right, so uh, moving on from there, I got the Michigan Kayak Trail on the White and Muskegon Lakes. 65 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Trevor Rigney with 87. Second place, Michael Inman with 87. So another tiebreaker uh, there. Third place, RJ Hoover with 86 and a quarter. Uh, Moving on from that, I got the Heartland Kayak Anglers on the Omaha Roadrunner event. Covers a couple of creeks, different reservoirs. 35 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Chris Longshore with 96 and three quarters. Second place, Marty Hughes with 88. Marty is hilarious if we ever get to have him on here. Marty Hughes is a good guy. Uh, Third place, Michael Thomas with 84 and three quarters. Uh, Moving on from there, the Oklahoma Kayak Anglers on Pine Creek. 70 anglers for that one. First place, Jason Ray with 92 and a quarter. Second place, Chris Kobza with 90 and a half. Third place, uh, Tuve. Tovu, I'm trying. We've had him on, and I can't ever remember how to pronounce his name. Sorry, buddy. Eighty-nine and a half, uh, big third for him. Next up, the Washington Kayak Bass Fishing Tour event on Sprague Lake. I don't think I've covered a Washington event, like the state Washington, the state of Washington, Sprague, Washington. Um, sixty anglers, five fish limit, forty-two fish caught in the whole event. No one caught a limit. Maybe that's why I've never covered one of these. Yeah. First place, Dan Walker with 54 inches. Second place, Jeff Duggar with 52 and a quarter. And third place, Trey Potts with 51 and a quarter. Is this Mo- a five fish limit? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Struggle bus. <clears throat> Second oh. place, or sorry. Uh, <clears throat> next up, the River Runners Bass Club Tournament on Wacomaco. 37 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Ronnie Robinson with 80 and a half. Second place, William Crockett with 77 and three quarters. Third place, Michael Cheney with 56 and a half. Uh, moving on from there, we got the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing, Northern Kentucky Lakes, uh, Bolts Lake, Bullock Pen Lake, Kincaid Lake, and Williamstown Lake. 34 anglers, five fish limit. Brad Lehman with 78 and a half. Chris Anderson, second place, 74 and three quarters. Third place, Jason Myers with 73 and three quarters. Next up, the USA Bass and Jackson Kayak Trail in Texas. Uh, 
Lake Fork, 37 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Eric Seaman with 92 inches. Second place, Charlie uh, Houchin with 89 and a half. And third place, Larry Hill with 86 inches. Um, Those are fairly small limits for Lake Fork. Yes. I wonder if Lake Fork's still drawn down. I've been to look into that not too long ago and I forgot. I can't remember. I feel like it started to come back up. <laughs> well, that is it for this week, folks. Um, we've kept you here long enough and had a ton of tournaments to go over. We appreciate y'all sticking with us. Uh, if you loved the show, give both of us a follow. Check us out on Instagram. Follow Paddle and Finn. Keep your ears open. We got updates coming uh, for the Paddle and Finn Open event on Del Hollow for 2024. Um, getting closer and closer. I think we're inside like 70 days to ICAST working on those deals. So if you're going to be down at ICAST, make sure you come and find us. I'll be walking around with a bunch of stickers and you can come say, Hey, we're going to have a podcast booth set up. Um, maybe grab some of all of the kayak influencers we see down there and chat it up with them. Have a good time. Yeah. Be, good. Uh, be looking out for that. Some, uh, some of the, uh, boat guys that want to get in kayak stuff to- yeah oh i'm sure uh i've already got it on my list we're gonna go greg greg de palma get him back over there get him to bring some of his buddies with him and see if we can talk them into jumping in the kayaks i know he uh he dropped some big names that were talking to him right after he cast big jack i don't know if you could see this but somebody just texted me this picture of uh matt roberson and seth fighter in a (laughs) that is beautiful kayak here's the next picture as they should. Yeah. That's great. We'll have to get those boys into a nice kayak that they can eat. Yeah. Use something that, that'll be a little, a little harder to flip. Yeah. Well, uh, again, folks, so just uh, keep your keep your ears out. Keep listening to us. We appreciate everything. Uh, and I guess we'll see everybody next week. Uh, think th- there's a big event this weekend. I have no idea. Me neither. We'll have something uh, for you next week. Yeah, we got our uh, CTK event on Center Hill this weekend, uh, but it's Mother's Day weekend too, so I don't know how many big trails we'll yep. schedule on Mother's Day. I don't think I'm going fishing this weekend. I'm going to hang out with my kid. I don't know. I kind of need to go put my boat in the water and test all the new stuff, so you never know. Well, it sounds like you got plenty of time off to go figure that out. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. All right. Be jealous. See y'all later. See you next time. We'll see it. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.